there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. TVISA Welcome back to TV I Say with Ashley Ray. That's me, your host of of your favorite spoiler-free TV podcast. Uh, I'm here to share my watch list, everything I enjoyed over the last week. My guests today are Dan Perlman and Charlie Kelly. Dan is going to be here to talk about Flatbush Misdemeanors, one of my favorite shows on TV right now. Just, we'll get into it. Uh, I also got Charlie Kelly, who's going to share his watch list, and he's going to talk to us about working on The Great North, uh, where he wrote one of the gayest episodes of TV, like my favorite gayest episode that was just so wonderful. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, but before we do, it is time for me to get through my watch list. You know, And again, reminding you, spoiler free. That's an Ashley Ray promise. You can sit back and enjoy my TV takes. Uh, this week, there was a lot to watch. Uh, I finally finished the Victoria's Secret Angels and Demons documentary, which I thought was pretty good and actually one of the uh, most detailed indictments of Jeffrey Epstein that I've ever seen. So it was it was really interesting. I would definitely suggest it. I thought it had a little more weight to it than the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary that came out a little while ago. Tukin Birdie has still been killing it week over week. I'm that shows just a, a constant joy. I absolutely loved. The, the idea of the snakeskin making Birdie tougher. Gronish had its premiere, and as you know, Gronish has totally shifted. It will now be looking at Junior. This week, they handed the, the reins over. You know, we have the moment where, where Yara's character is like, oh, it's time for me to move on, and, and Junior steps up to the plate. We'll see where it goes from there. In reality TV, I finally finished seasons one, two, and three of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Yeah, I love that show. I, I'm a fool for waiting so long to get into it. Next up, I'm going to do uh, Mediterranean. That's the one everyone says I should do. If you have thoughts, let me know. In the 90 Day Fiance universe, 90 Day UK debuted, and it's pretty interesting. I think everyone on that show is being scammed, but you feel very bad for them. And in regular 90 Day Fiance, we finally are getting our weddings. Karen Guillermo got married. It looks like even Mohammed are going to make it down the aisle. Just, just who, oh gosh, I, I, a lot of these people don't need to get married this season. Uh, and then in Love in the Caribbean, uh, a lot of things have been revealed, but I actually am very happy that we're seeing uh, the, our, our first gay couple on the show uh, actually 
find some common ground when it comes to polyamory and monogamy and how to navigate that in a relationship. So congratulations, Love in the Caribbean, for being a positive portrayal of polyamory on a reality TV show, because that is very rare. Moving on, uh, Dark Side of the 90s uh, has had some really great episodes lately. About two weeks ago, they did a wonderful episode on Black television on UPN and Fox and how that really helped to develop TV in the 90s. Wonderful episode. Then this week, they had one on Rush Limbaugh and how that helped to grow the modern conservative TV movement, your Fox TVs. Uh, Again, very interesting. I'm loving this series, but it does still make me miss Dark Side of the Ring like every single day. What We Do in the Shadows continues to be perfect. I love an episode where Guillermo just gets to be amazing and hot. Yeah. And also the line reading of Undefeated at Murder. Oh, that's that's gold. That was gold. One of my new favorite lines for forever. Top 10. Coming up on HBO Max, I checked out Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He talked a lot about inflation. I understood some of it. Seems like a problem. You know, he's always going on, shaking that little head of his, talking all fast. That's how you know he's really, like, into it. (laughs) We still have Rap Shit, which I am just so enjoying. It is just a fun summer show. I also, I mean, I look, I'm not a cool kid who does the Instagram lives or anything, but it's, I like the way they do it. And I like the way they bring you into the, each character's phone life and how they perceive it. I've never seen a show do that and they're pulling it off wonderfully. We also have the rehearsal, which has been doing my favorite arc of, of Nathan helping a woman embrace motherhood through a trial rehearsal of motherhood. And there's a character, well, a real person who has gotten some attention on the internet because they didn't enjoy their time on the show. People are debating, is Nathan Fielder manipulative? Is Are these types of shows okay? My answer is, it's funny. I, it's funny. I, you know, I don't have any I, artists, comedians. Part of it is the prank and... I think when it comes to Fielder, he is very good at finding people who are only willing to put themselves in that position. It's like, you know, you don't have to manipulate someone into showing you that they like to drive drunk and they don't have a driver's license or a license plate. You know, that's that's not something that Nathan Fielder manipulated. (laughs) But that guy was the kind of guy who would happily brag about those things so uh, he just knows how to push people that's nathan's i think gift in the show but yeah continue the debate next there was harley quinn which had a three episode debut i am so happy this show is back it's so gay i love adult animated comedies uh it's right up there with toucan birdie and bojack horseman for me i love a comic book show and i love This one for just embracing the gay and the weird and going for it. So dive right into that one. Thank you for a three-episode premiere. Oh, I was so afraid they'd just give us one, but that felt good. Uh, And coming up last on HBO Max, we finally got the finale of Mind Over Murder, a six-part documentary series about a, a group of six people who were falsely accused of a crime. I will say this documentary had very, very slow moments. I do not believe it had to be six episodes. They could have cut it down to three. But the last episode truly was what the show should have been. They confronted the town with these truths. 
uh, the people who made the mistakes were finally held accountable. You got sort of the full details of the story and the the lack of care for for these people's lives, even after they were freed. And more importantly, that's where the show's central thesis seems to be in the ability to change our minds, to accept new information, even though you've believed one thing for 30 years. Can you change? Can you grow? And the ending is beautiful in proving that point that, yeah, you can. And it's difficult and it's really hard. So at the end of it, I got to say, I recommend Mind Over Murder. Very well done. Moving over to Stars, P-Valley. It's been doing some really great stuff. They had a wonderfully done abortion storyline that was just so well handled. And I just want to keep giving that show its kudos. Again, if you're if you're not watching P-Valley, catch up on it because you're you're missing out. And that is everything on this week's watch list for me. Wow. It's a lot of TV. It's a lot. And and that's not, you know, there's other stuff that that Charlie and I are going to talk about next. But that'll be after this ad break. So stick around to hear me talk through Charlie Kelly's watch list, The Great North, his, his amazing episode. And then after that, we will have Dan Perlman after this break. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel today my watch list guest is charlie kelly writer for the great north amazing comedian charlie I, i i love you so much we met this summer i got to do your show it was the best night of my life, and I just I just got married, so don't tell my husband. But it was it was the best night of my life, so thank you for that. Yeah, I do think I remember being like that show was amazing, and then I saw like some honeymoon pictures, and I was like, doesn't look that great. No, it was yeah, it was it was the second best thing of my life getting married. But that <laughs> show we did in my friend's backyard was really number one. So thank you yeah. for being a part of it. There was a, yeah, you had those like non-alcoholic drinks that I tried, and I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Yeah, it's a big scam. I don't want to like get sued by that, so we don't have to. Yeah, say the so name, yeah, but... let's not say it. Yeah. But all those but drinks that are like, you don't need alcohol. You just need like euphoria in a can. Don't buy it. No, you're like also. By the way, you need alcohol, and you need it now more than ever. You yeah. know what I mean? Let's not lie to ourselves. <laughs> exactly. So it's yeah. all the truth. Anyway, but, thank you for having me. So oh, thank you for coming. Oh, yeah, my goodness. You're, you're amazing. The Great North is amazing. Uh, the Great North just finished. It finished its second season a few weeks ago. It's on Fox. It is my favorite new adult animated show. It's right up there with Bob's Burgers for me. I get so excited about it. 
what brought you onto the show? What was it like working on it when you first joined? Oh, man. Um, I remember watching the pilot presentation uh, at home with my boyfriend in advance of like going in to meet with them and just being like, I've never in my entire life wanted to work on something more. And also at the same time feeling like this is so cool that there's no world in which they would ever hire me. <laughs> um, big like imposter syndrome rearing its head. Ooh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Um oh, hey. <laughs> And then it it was just kind of like an absolute dream to end up getting the job and and to be to have been able to be a part of it kind of from the beginning is um has been one it's been one of the great gifts of my life um <laughs> which I I mean I genuinely mean that it's yeah been so I mean, cool the show yeah. is so special to me it's funny heartwarming it's very about family, but then it's mm -hmm. also just very silly. And, you know, I think a lot of people talk about like Bob's Burgers being like in the subtext queer. But mm -hmm. what I love about the Great North is that it is openly gay. It is so, <laughs> so gay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And you wrote two episodes uh, around Ham, uh, the middle son character. Uh, did you know that Ham was going to be gay when you came onto the show? Um, I did not uh, until like moments before my meeting with them. Um, I had read like an early version of the pilot before meeting that didn't include Ham's like coming out scene that's now in the pilot. Um, and then I think it was like right before I went in, I sort of learned that like, oh, and by the way, the middle son in the family is gay and is like out and is very comfortable with his identity. And I just remember being like blown away by how cool that was, that it wasn't the first thing that I learned about ham and that it wasn't that I was sort of like told like, oh, this is going to be like a, you know, really kind of like heavy or serious story area for ham as we like move through the series. Instead, it was just part of who he was as a bigger character. Yeah. And I feel like that's so rare in TV. And it's also like so much what the lived experience of being a queer person is, you know? Yeah. Like, we're, yeah. <laughs> like um, yeah. I, when I came out, there was no like fanfare. It was just kind of my mom being like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> totally. And, uh, yeah. The season two episode, say it again, Ham Adventure. Uh, go watch it immediately it is so gay and fun that's oh, that's his experience he's just kind of like yeah nobody cared everyone was just like okay <laughs> i love the part when he's like i want the drama i want at least two gasps and a huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i feel like that i mean i think I, whenever i talk about the, this stuff i feel like it's it's like you i want to give the disclaimer that like it's not easy for everyone and queer stories that focus on the many, many struggles and difficulties of being being queer are so important. And that being said, like I always wanted to put gay content into the world that sort of um like decentered the difficult parts of it and focused on what can be like loving and fun and great about having a queer identity and I feel like that's um, always been like the mission of my 
bosses and the studio and network with the show too. And um, the the moment in the pilot where Ham comes out for the first time, we sort of see that it's not actually the first time. Yeah. He comes, he's like on a boat with his family and he says that he's gay in the pilot. And they're like, Ham, we know you've told us dozens of times. We love you. <laughs> and I, I like when we arrived at that moment during like the writer's room season one, and that was in the pilot, it just like imprinted deep in my brain. And I feel like the episode we did um, season two was sort of like unpacking that moment a little bit. And like, why is it that this, this kid like keeps coming out to his family, you know? Yeah. And so was yeah. that your experience? Did you have to come out to your family multiple times? Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have to come out to them multiple times. Um, but I definitely did. And I, I definitely like had that feeling of sort of stepping for a missing stare and being like, okay, I've been marinating in like decades of content that makes this seem like it should be dramatic and traumatic. And you guys are just being too chill about it. And frankly, like, I want a little bit of, I want a little bit of drama. I want a little bit of jazz on this moment. I I want want to, I want to hear, come on. I want to hear, yeah. Like, I want something like, oh, but that's not the future I dreamed for you. Something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I also, I came out while I was watching um, Brokeback Mountain. And I came out like right after the, TP lovemaking scene. Of course. Of course. Um, a wonderful scene. Uh, revisit yeah. it if it's been a while. Um, but I walked downstairs and I like came out to my family, had this like very uh, too chill reaction from my mom and my brother. And then I went back upstairs and finished the movie. And it's a movie that ends with a murder by tire iron, you know? <laughs> yeah. There was some tension, I think, for me between being like, I feel like this should be dramatic and difficult and frightening and like a big, you know, scary thing that's happening in my life based on the content I'm absorbing. But my family's reaction is so the opposite. And I think that was kind of like the one of the stepping off places for that episode was just like looking at that tension and sort of being like, why is it that queer people everywhere are going in still going into the experience of coming out like expecting it to be heavy yeah and i think the episode captures that beautifully what i also love about it is the support that ham gets from crispin his boyfriend Mm. in the show which first of all i feel like it's so rare you actually see like a queer kid in a show and they're in a good healthy relationship that's Mm -hmm. you know just funny and normal uh and also, Crispin is voiced by the amazing, hot, wonderful Julio Torres. So, <laughs> I feel yeah. like if I had a partner like that in high school, it would make it very easy to be gay. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think you're right. Like, I think that's another great thing that the show models and that, you know, Ham and Crispin's characters model is that there can be, there can be really loving, great queer relationships that aren't focused on you know drama or tumult or you know some of the tropes that we're sort of again like used to seeing with you know gay characters like I think I think there's also something about like promiscuity like not being centered for those two characters that's like just changes the model so so that if you're young there's like different options being presented to you and yeah yeah before we get into your watch list, I do oh, yes. want to know, like, what were there gay TV shows that, you know, helped you 
grow as a baby gay. You know, for mm-hmm. me, it was the L word that was Absolutely. like, yeah. blew my mind. I was like, wait, <laughs> like, ladies laughing, loving, like, this can be me. Like, uh-huh. wow. <laughs> ladies laughing, loving, this can be me. It's a really powerful statement. Yeah, and it's I agree so, with that. Yeah. yeah, like, I listened to that Betty soundtrack for the L word, the theme song, and I'm just like, that. this is the way that we live. This is yeah. exactly it. This is all I need. Yeah, totally. I watch Will and Grace like every week with my mom, like when I was, you know, definitely like too young to even really have it like land on me, you know? And then I watched Brokeback Mountain. (laughs) It's it's a very inspirational movie. It changes you. It changes you. Yeah. And then then, then it's tough in a different way. Yeah. I saw... I saw Brokeback Mountain in theaters with my mom and this oh. like Italian foreign exchange student we had at our school <laughs> who oh. barely spoke English and was just very confused. He was just like, cowboy movie, okay. <laughs> my mom also did not really know what was happening. I just was like, I'm picking mm-hmm. the movie today, guys. <laughs> and were, were you just like unashamed? You were like, we're watching this movie oh, yeah. as a group and I was we're like, all going to love it. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, we're doing it. My mom was like, you know, it's your weekend to pick and... I like uh-huh. I would just invite like the foreign exchange students because I would be like, oh yeah, come, you know, I don't know, learn about American movies or something. Yeah. <laughs> they both That's were amazing. just sitting there. I just remember him like uh-huh. just jaw on the floor, like looking at me like, what is this? Yeah. That's unreal. That's a real like power move to be like, I'm just gonna bring you to Brokeback Mountain and you're gonna experience it. <laughs> and I'm yeah. kind of driving the ship on this, so take it or leave it. Yeah. It's really so, strong and power. And, yeah, and my mom should have probably picked up on a lot when I did that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I that's I feel like that's the same kind of gay media I came up on. I didn't really do queer as folk. That always kind of scared me. I didn't watch it until me I was too. older. Yeah, yeah. I was always just like, oh, that's that's so intense. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And now as an adult, I mean, it's like obviously all I watch and all my friends are gay. Oh yeah, now I, you know, I, I like have yeah. queers folk drinking games. I'm like, I, I can do this. I get it now. I'm not afraid. Yes, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm yeah, not afraid the, of the gay. If the creators of queers folk are out there, um, we're not afraid anymore. <laughs> We've left that behind us. And you can check out the queers folk reboot on Peacock. Yeah, yeah, nice plug. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Check it out. <laughs> a little plug in there. Uh, so I do want to get into your watch list. What are you watching right now? What do you love? Oh, man. Um, I, right now, and it's, you know, let me just start by saying, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in chef culture. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in it. I don't, it's not, I'm not straight, I guess is what I'm saying. And yet, I can't stop watching The Bear. I have um, one episode left to go. I'm absolutely... I'm absolutely hooked on it's, it. Yeah, it's it, it's amazing. I yeah, I, I've worked in restaurants and kitchens, okay. so that was very triggering for me. Like it, that, it, it's so like when all of the tickets are coming out, I had nightmares about that. Like, oh, oh yeah. I forgot to give Table Five their ketchup. Like, yeah, it, it's it's very real. But I also feel yeah. like Jeremy Allen White is so hot that like you don't have absolutely. to be a straight guy who loves cooking to get into it. Absolutely. No, that's definitely my my own way in is the way that Jeremy Allen White uh, looks in that yes. show. And everybody um, has their way in for sure. That yeah. and I, I took a cooking class on my honeymoon. And, you know, I feel I feel a certain kinship after that. I've, I learned how to <laughs> you and your husband just like yelling chef in the kitchen now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like a full role play thing. He won't he's forgotten my name. 
<laughs> I keep being like, what is my name? And he's like, chef, chef, I, chef, chef. yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm loving it. And I think like there's something about the pace that normally something that's that kind of fr- frantic it's, for lack yeah, of a it's better very word. Yeah, anxious. I, it's very anxious. uncut gems. Like yes, you're on the edge yes. of your seat the whole time. And normally I can't, like I, re- Uncut Gems, amazing movie that I can respect from a distance, but like the experience of watching it was just and, too yeah. anxious for me. It's not my vibe. I never, yeah, I never want to see it again. Yes. But The Bear, I'm, I'm loving it. And you can make me as anxious as you want. If you're Jeremy Allen White with that hair and those arms. That's right. Feel free. Anytime. That's absolutely right. It's not forget the eyes. You know, he's really oh, working the, with a beautiful oh my, yeah. pair of eyes. His little um, soft, like, bedroom eyes. Like, people kept being like, oh, I think he's going to have, like, a romantic thing with Io, like, because of the mm-hmm. way he stares at her. And I was like, no, that's just the way Jeremy Allen White stares. Yeah, he can't turn that off. He can't. That's just it's, part yeah. of him. Yeah. yeah, like, did you watch Shameless? Because he would stare at Fiona like that, and that was his sister in the show. Like, mm. those are just his eyes. So you doing anything else other than the bear? Any shows that calm you down or don't give you a heart attack? Um, the other one that I that I just absolutely tore through and I have finished all of is Loot on Apple Plus. Um, uh. Yeah. And I, I don't... I feel like what it is that I'm, I was, like, responding to in Loot is just, like, that... It's resisting the temptation to like fully roast this billionaire, which is like obviously in this moment that we're living in such a hateable yeah. thing to be. It's like not cool to be a billionaire today, nor yeah. was it ever cool to be a billionaire. Um, and I just love, I love the moments where they find her humanity and they find a way to make you root for her and just sort of like the the underlying vibe of that being that like everyone is suffering at, at some point in yeah, their own way and, and yeah money's maybe not, she yeah. has a private jet and all that stuff but like the episode where she couldn't tell if the guy was inviting her on a date or something or not I exactly was like, yeah, exactly been there yeah yeah exactly and just that and just like and I feel like it's it's Maya Rudolph's performance that's like really nailing this aspect of it for me, but just the way in which she feels like so broken and you're sort of watching it and being like, oh yeah, this person's obviously not going to be able to fix like that part of their life with money. Like there are some things that you can't, you can't fix with money as much as we're deep in the late capitalism phase of being alive and yeah and most unfortunately the most things it seems like are only about how much money you have but um yeah, yeah I, and so i like that it's like yeah, a refreshing like, character to spend time with. yeah like it, it you know shows us maybe money can't get you everything and you should just focus on wonderful friendships like the one between joel kim booster and ron funch's character i love that entire dynamic yeah i feel like that that's like something i you know i think they already got picked up for another season right but yeah. I, if they did, yeah. And I'm like, that is something I'm like so excited to see more of in the next season of that show. And like watching Joel Kim Booster's character just kind of be disarmed and softened yeah. by the very lovable Ron Funches. It's like, uh, you can't get enough of that. Oh my God. Yeah. When he, when he went into the audition and almost left, oh, brought a tear to my eye. I was a like, tear. oh, so beautiful. Yeah. I think that I'm excited, especially to see like if Joel Kim Booster's character does sort of like regain touch with his artistic roots. And like, I love that little, as a potential moment of foreshadowing, I love that little scene where he's out at the bar with his sort of like bitchy gay friend who's just yeah. booked something. I think it's Brendan Scannell is that 
character. Yeah, and yeah. like, yeah. And I, I was like, oh, this is a, a world in the show that I would like want to see more of is like Joel having a sort of like real artistic renaissance in season two. Yeah. And, then, and that leading him to kind of push back against Maya's character. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. And aided by Rana Funch's character in this kind of like. It sounds like they manager. should really just hire us to write this second season. Yeah. Are you listening? <laughs> like, uh, we yeah. have some great pitches here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I love that show. Yeah. But are you uh, watching any reality shows? I always like to check in on people's reality TV watching. I have like a fascination with reality TV from afar. And then as soon as I like start to invest in something, it's, I find this, the experience to be really overwhelming. Like the amount that I invested in the people of Selling Sunset. Oh, Selling Sunset. Yeah. It was just became my whole life for about two weeks. I was like, these, these women are my closest friends. Yeah. Like I had to follow all their Instagram, see where they are now, who they're dating. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm just like, I, like if I ran into one of them on the street. I'd be like, "Oh my god, it's so good to see you." You know what I mean? There was, yeah, there like any... how are the how are the stepkids doing? Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> exactly. You know, for me, the the distance of a script between me and and TV is probably a good thing. Yeah. But what are you watching in the on the reality side? Oh, I mean, I love all the reality tries. I mean, just sorry, Charlie Kelly. He has taste. Uh, does not watch reality TV. Like this is, you know, culture <laughs> cultured. That's the messaging. Yeah, not that I'm like absolutely like I can't control myself. I get too obsessed with reality TV. The messaging is I am. I'm a I'm a cultured lady. I like yeah. to yeah. I like the finer things. You can't yeah. hear it, but I'm there's there. I'm only listening. There's Bach playing in the background right I now. I thought I heard light notes of Bach in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a concerto, and it's great. It's getting me. Meanwhile, my I like watch all the dumpster trash reality TV shows. I'm like, <laughs> interventions back, digital addiction. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So what? If there's one that I should put on, like, right, like this evening, I would what, say would be? below deck sailing yacht. Mm. That one. Okay. It's won me over so quickly. The the drama between Natasha, the chef on the boat, and Daisy, the, uh-huh. the like first hand, that's enough of a reason to watch. You can just start with season two. Okay. Thank you. A lot of people that I work with are really into below deck. It's um, yeah, it's really popular. Yeah. And I just started watching it like two weeks ago and I've finished like three whole series. Whoa. Okay. I'm gonna put I have it a on. problem. Yeah. No, it's a, it's not a problem. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Charlie, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Obviously, the people need to go watch The Great North. Anything yeah. else? Yeah. I mean, d- please watch The Great North. It's on Hulu. It's on Fox on Sundays. We're premiering in September for the third season. And we just um, got picked up for a fourth season. So heading Yay! back to, to write that soon, which is, yeah, really exciting. We um, win. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. yeah really, really pumped about that. And my friend Ever Maynard and I have a show at the Elysian Theater on uh, August 18th. And so if you are in Los Angeles, come on down. Yeah. That's going to be fun and felt exciting to plug. And Yeah. yeah. Where, where yeah. should people follow you so they can learn about your future shows? Oh, yeah. I... Um, I have a I, I have a private Instagram account, um, and that's all I have. But it's uh, at Chuck being Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Follow me, and and uh, and Beautiful. I'll accept you as long as you know I 
feel safe in the yeah. moment. If, if um, your vibes are good, if you seem like a classy lady. Yeah, if you seem like a classy lady. I'm just addicted to gatekeeping. So that's why I do that. I love to um I love to gatekeep. So yeah. oh yeah. love a gatekeep. Love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been so fun, Ashley. Thank you so much. Coming up, some people say it's the anti-Ted Lasso. It could very well be Everybody Loves Raymond for 2022, I think. Uh, We have Dan Perlman from Flatbush Misdemeanors on Showtime joining us. Hello, today on the pod, we have Dan Perlman, an amazing comedian, the creator writer behind Flatbush Misdemeanors, along with Kevin Iso. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Ashley. So... The show started second season. How does it feel having it out in the world? It's nice. It's always such a uh, it's a, a very quick turnaround because like like the first season we finished filming in early May and then premiered at the end of May 2021. And so this season we finished filming early May again and premiered mid June. So it's always very quick turnaround. Um, no, it feels good because I, I'm too close to it to be able to like enjoy it in the way other people can. It's tough for me to watch the like final final things because i just see it as like a cut i can't fix so hearing other people enjoy it that's really that's really nice because i can enjoy it through them you know yeah now for people who might not be familiar with flatbush misdemeanors which i feel like might be most people i I, to me it is my favorite underground indie cult show i am constantly trying to get everyone to watch it and everyone's just like you are super supportive you are incredibly (laughs) supportive of it and i really appreciate it because it is uh little engine that could i feel like there's a that's this like dedicated fan base that like loves the show but also like loves keeping it a secret like you search it on twitter (laughs) and people are just like i love this oh my gosh it's my favorite but like this is not like i keep it on the dl nobody knows that the show is so good yeah it's for some reason there are certain shows that get very big that people like to just tell everyone you gotta watch this and then there are some where it's like I love this. I don't know why I'm the only one who loves it. And it's like, well, t- tell other people. Yeah, tell other people. <laughs> I'll just think it in your head. Yeah, you got to do that thing where you shout at people like you're not alive until you've watched Severance. You know, you got to make them feel uh, like they're being excluded from something social. Exactly. You know? Like they're missing out on something so cool. Exactly. Uh, the show is about characters based on you and Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you came to make the show? What story you wanted to tell? Yeah, so we started as a web series initially. Um, my character, uh, Dan, works as a, a bad uh, public school teacher. It's, you know, those white savior teacher movies, he is the opposite of that. He's not saving anybody. He's a complete, completely out of his depths and maybe well-meaning, but just missing constantly. And uh, Kevin, in the first season, delivers food at a roti shop in Flatbush and he sleeps on my couch and he's an aspiring uh, artist, like visual artist, he paints. And so it's about our characters, but we also wanted to make a show that was kind of like set in a a community um, with other characters. So it wouldn't just be like the two of us and everyone else is kind of like one dimensional plot device for us. We wanted it to be like, these two guys are there and then they're surrounded by people with their own wants and needs. So we have Hassan Johnson, who is in The Wire, who's amazing, who plays Drew on the show and Kareem Green, who plays uh, Dan's stepdad, who's very funny. Kristen Dodson, who plays Zayna. And then a million comedians show up. Rodwood Jr., Yamanika, Maria Bamford's my mom. You know, just a lot of great people. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I want to, like, I want to call out Dan's parents in the show because <laughs> the stepfather, Maria Bamford, some of my favorite scenes in the first season. They're just so funny. How did they, like, find that that 
that rhythm between them. It is just so funny how they work together. Yeah, I mean, they 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 didn't didn't even meet or work together before the day. I, I it was you know we worked with Kareem in the web series, and he was so funny that I was like, I mean, I just you know, I just love playing off him because I I don't really have to do anything. I just kind of <laughs> in in those scenes with him, there are certain scenes where I have to be bigger or whatever, and then scenes with Kareem, I just kind of like make a face. I'm like Kareem, you know, and like he's being <laughs> so funny. Um, and so I was thinking like when I was thinking about who. Uh, uh, Dan's mom would be. I'm like, who is like, who's like weird enough to be drawn to Kareem, but like, like you know, like uh, uh, maybe like mm, uh, mentally ill enough to be my mom in some version. And it's only Bamford. Like it's she's this Bamford. perfect yeah. combination, and she's so funny and so and uh, um, and she's the sweetest person. And she, uh, when I did Montreal JFL in 2018. Like almost nothing happened. Like nobody cared except Bamford sought me out and was incredibly kind and complimentary about my set. And so then when writing this, I like I already had her in my head and I emailed her directly and I was like, Hey, this is in New York. It, it, it's no money. I wrote it for you. Please say yes. You're the only one who can do it. And she wrote back right away and she was the sweetest. Um, so yeah, she's an absolute angel. The two of them. Yeah. They, they, they just, they're good foils for each other's weirdness. Like you get it. Like I you yeah. sort of understand it. Yeah. Cause I feel like the show to me, I kind of describe it as the anti Ted Lasso. <laughs> like you said, Dan's <laughs> character is like not trying to inspire anyone. Like these aren't people who you think are very optimistic or hopeful. <laughs> right. And and then, like, I, I think people sometimes think those kinds of shows are too mean or they, you know, are trying to just make fun of all their characters. But I feel like Flatbush gives all of its characters this, like, sympathy that is realistic and, like, none of them feel like a joke. Like, Maria's character doesn't feel like a joke. You feel for her even when she's, like, having these breakdowns. You know, even when you're like, come on, Kevin, like, get it together. <laughs> like, you're right. still, you still understand where he's coming from. Uh so I, I'm just curious about how you kind of found that tone of, I mean, there is some very funny comedy. I feel like your character is uh, the, you know, bears the most of it. But <laughs> <laughs> just like harsh jokes against Dan, really. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, that that's just funny to me. And, you know, it's 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 fun when uh, to have like, nothing makes me laugh more than Yamanika just calling me an idiot. Like that is so funny. Uh, or a therapist who berates you, you know? Yeah. But, um, but no, I think, well, I mean, the idea was always to um, make these characters that are uh, three-dimensional. And I, I sometimes think if I'm watching a character and they're on a show and they're just like, and they're just depicted as like nice or, or plain or whatever, like that that's not anybody I know, you know, like the people we know uh, that are real people, they you know, mean well, and they have their own wants and needs. And sometimes they act uh, uh, selfishly. And sometimes they do the right thing. And sometimes they're constantly making active steps. And sometimes they're fucking up. And sometimes they're afraid. And all of that feels more natural. And so that's way more fun or interesting for me just to see these characters who are like, like all of them, every character on that show, make on our show makes moves that I'm like, oh, I get why they did it even if it's the wrong move yeah. and it blows up and it's the wrong thing, I understand why uh, uh, Hassan's character does what he does in moments. I understand, uh, you know, Zayna's actions. I understand why, you know, even Kareem, I get, I get the logic of like, 
you know, uh, oh, you want to show somebody you love them, you uh, throw a dead baby pigeon in the <laughs> face of someone who's harassing them. An action is love rather than like a gift. It's like, yeah. I get that sentiment to it. So it's like, the more you can ground it in that emotional logic, then yeah, like you said, you can just go to town and have, have fun with all the jokes. But it's like, if you get where they're coming from a little bit and don't don't judge them, I think that's um, that's a cool like uh, foundation for it. Yeah. Uh, so season two, the first episode is very focused on Dan, that second episode on Kevin. Uh, can you kind of go into your collaboration this season? How did you, how do you, how's it like working together? How do you break out those beats? Also want to throw in Kevin Iso, so funny. Uh, also wrote on the last season of that damn Michael Che, so funny in it. So like, yeah, just amazing. Go watch that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, th- these two those two, I mean, the second one was w- way more, you know, that was sort of Kev's, Kev's thing. And it, because it was so, I think, personal for him with his family and how he wanted to depict them. So that one, you know, I mean, obviously there's like notes and stuff back and forth, but that one was kind of like, as far as the room goes, it's like, you know, people uh, pitched in with thoughts and stuff, but it was very much, you know, um, how he wanted to depict stuff. And then, and then for that first one, I mean, the whole the whole show is a very collaborative process with the room in terms of um, uh, breaking story and stuff. And then in terms of the scripts, it's like, you know, the benefit of us being uh, comics helps compensate that we're not super trained actors because we know how to hit jokes in our voice. You know what I mean? So we can do these um, passes and, and make it like, OK, I know how I'm going to say that or hit that. Um, yeah, the first episode was... Uh, uh, sort of collaborative thing in terms of just like figuring out like what are fun ways to reset all of the characters and, and tee up certain things. It's how do we bring people back together in an organic way and then not, not a super contrived like series of coincidences, but it's really, the, you know, we have a lot of writers on the show who I think, you know, it's Kevin and I doing a lot of the jobs, but uh, a lot of the writers really help bring it all together. And then the performers take it, take it up a notch. Yeah. I liked what you said about, you know, performing as a comic. Uh, I feel like there's some pressure for comedians. There's that, like, will I be a Jerry Seinfeld and I can make the transition? Am I going to end up like John Mulaney and I'm not going to be a good actor? You know, did you feel kind of any of that pressure? No, well, not a ton because, like, even even what you said about Seinfeld, like, you watch Seinfeld and he's not really doing anything like the, the, the genius of that show from a casting perspective is that they surrounded him with these incredibly funny people. And he's just kind of like, he's there, but Seinfeld is by no means the funniest character on Seinfeld, like not even close. And so, but it's that sort of, you know, it's kind of like you have to be the point guard a little bit and be able to pass it to other people. And that's okay. You don't need to like, be the one to have to have the joke or anything, you know? So you surround it with a great cast. Everybody loves Raymond. That's another example. It's like, it's like Ray Romano was like on a show for nine years, a hit show, his own show. And like almost then became a great actor, you know, like he's on that show with this like amazing cast of it's like Doris Roberts, Peter Boyle and Brad Garrett. And so, and so they're just like, it's like joke, 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 joke. And so, no, I think it was just the thought of like, my my only hope was like I hope I don't make the thing worse by being in it. You know what I mean? That's my bar I set for myself, and that I wanted to do better this season than last season. So yeah, 
Every time I'm watching, I'm like, he's basically the Ray Romano of this show. Like, every time. So you nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, great. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go for a quick break. uh, But Dan, I want to ask you about the shows that inspired you to make Flatbush, uh, shows you liked growing up. So we'll take a quick break and come back with that. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation. More popular than soft-launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. We are back with our guest, Dan Perlman, creator and star of Flatbush Misdemeanors, now airing on Showtime. Go watch it. The finale is August 21st. So what were your fave shows growing up? Obviously, everybody loves Raymond, it seems like. No, I don't think I really watched that one until later. Um, I mean, I watched I watched uh, Seinfeld. I was a big like Nick at Night person. I would watch all those shows. So it would be like, what would it be? It would be like The Wonder Years and like Taxi. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, Cheers and uh, MASH and uh, uh, Cosby Show. So it was like a lot of those, those were all the shows that were on Nick at Night. So it was like those older sitcoms a little bit. Yeah, I used um, to do The Wonder Years and it was I think it was like The Wonder Years and Taxi came right after. And then when Cheers came on, that's when I was like, this is too old. This is for old yeah. people. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> I think that one took me a little bit also. And then Frasier, I think I'm still not up to. I think uh, <laughs> I still hear people are like, that one's amazing. I'm like, I still haven't really gone gone deep into that. But uh, no, some of those older shows. But the biggest, um, the one I, one I loved as a kid, and I think for both of us served as like an inspiration for Flatbush was uh, Hey Arnold, which was, you know, a, a Nickelodeon cartoon in the 90s. It was just very interesting because it was a very like melancholy kind of pace for a cartoon. Yeah, and uh, it's set in a, a city, like a you know, I, guess, I guess a nondescript city. And there's a great like cast of characters. And the cool thing about that show was that they could take a character that in a previous episode would just be like a one note thing, like a Mister Win. We're just making a joke about that he's a Vietnamese guy in the boarding house and just basically using a joke about his accent or whatever, and then a few episodes later, they're just like, oh, we're going to get into his whole yeah. life and how he has a daughter that he hasn't seen in years. Yeah. And, and the, the first cartoon to ever make me cry when like the, the helicopter scene. Yeah. Yes. Just so sad. Super sad. But like, but the show could be funny and they gave a good depth to all the characters and like, um, they were able to kind of like decenter the, the main guy in a way that, um, that felt fun. Like it still felt like you're always in the same show while being able to like veer left and right and just give this kind of like panoramic look 
of this community um, in a way that felt really cool. Yeah. So that that's probably weirdly the biggest inspiration for it. I've, I really feel like you can sense that in the show. <laughs> there are that's just cool. Hey Arnold vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And what are some of your favorite shows that you watch now? Like, do you, I know some people when they're like working on their show, they don't like to watch other things or they'll just watch reality shows. I think the only, I'm trying to think, once once the show started, I was so buried. So I watched stuff like, I think I watched like a few episodes of shows that I liked. Like, you know, I watched uh, uh, Abbott Elementary and I watched, um, I think Barry is the one that I've like finished a season of during filming and the other stuff other things i just haven't watched in forever so i watched the third season of barry so i'm caught up on that but other than that while making the thing it's like i just need to kind of like turn my brain off and so i'll watch like you know i, I watched the a lot of just documentaries about uh, scammers and killers and stuff you know oh of course yeah Brittany Brittany murphy that's that's a suspicious one i don't trust that i don't trust, don't that, trust husband. that at all don't trust that husband yeah. <laughs> I, did you get to the last episode <laughs> Of course I did. Yes. Yeah. The guy did it. Come on. He certainly did it. That was a weird interview on Larry King. Yeah. Yeah. He so absolutely did it. In that vein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's all I can watch sometimes. It's just I, I just need to turn my mind off and look at people who have been scammed and feel better yes. about my life. Yes. I watched uh, uh, Bad Vegan while we were filming. Oh, and that was a great yeah. weekend to go into that. And the um, uh, Elizabeth Holmes stuff, the Theranos stuff I went went all in on that. Yeah. Did you watch The Dropout? I did watch The Dropout, yes. yes. Amazing. Cool. I watched The Dropout before I watched the documentary because I didn't really know the story of it. And so I watched The Dropout and I was like, oh, this is good, like junk food, yeah. Yeah, that that was incredible. But yeah, I I would love to see Bad Vegan turned into a TV show. Are there any scammer movies you'd like to see turned into a TV show? Oh, man. Yeah, that one would be great. I thought that one was more interesting than the Tinder Swindler one. Yeah. I think the bad vegan one because it's it's so it's such a crazy move to just focus on scamming one person right and and i'm like i'm, I'm going back i'm like i want to have sympathy for her but also it's tough to have sympathy for somebody when they're like but he promised he'd make my dog immortal like it's yeah. like <laughs> like really and by the end you're like she was so in on it how can you come on like and she's still yeah. just like i had no idea it's like the no. brainwashing and it's like no, like it's like the the I thought I thought my dog would be immortal. It's like, okay, you shouldn't be owning a restaurant. That's crazy. Like yeah. on Irving Place, that's a very that's, expensive yeah. street. That people no, 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 just no, no, yeah, no. that people knew she thought that way and kept being like, here's a million dollars. It's just I don't <laughs> understand. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And it's just like I just thought I only got involved with him because Alec Baldwin was taken by that point. Yeah. It's like, whoa, you almost you almost were on a whole different uh, crazy ride. <laughs> Both of your options yeah, are insane. I also love that she was like, well, Alec Baldwin followed him on Twitter and sometimes Alec would respond to his tweets. So I assume right. they were best he friends. was a, re a reply guy to Alec Baldwin. He was Alec just a reply Baldwin. guy for Alec Baldwin. It's all so perfectly bizarre. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. I don't know. Do you, Are there any characters like scam characters you'd want to play? Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. I, I'm i so impressed with those. I, I, I'm probably going to ask you for wrecks of other ones to watch because I, I feel like I'd, I, I'm sometimes looking on Netflix and other places. I'm like, I'm sure there's some that I'm just not aware of and don't know how to tap into. Oh, yeah. But no, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that like that Catch Me If You Can vibe is like so fun and will never not be an entertaining setup for a movie. 
but I don't know. There's a sort of like cool factor that, that these guys have to be able to get away with all these heists that, that I don't know if I, if I could even do that, but it would be so fun. Yeah. The thing that impresses me with all these scammers is just the level of time that goes into it. It's so much time and setting up Gmails and like all this effort that I'm like, right? Like different phone numbers. Like, what are you? I barely have the energy to do the things I have to get done during the day. And I have to lie down so much <laughs> to be like 50 different people and remember like, oh yeah, I'm sending her on the helicopter. And I, I, they think I'm a surgeon. It's like, oh, this is all yeah. like fucking bad shit. I kind of get the bad vegan guy who was just like, just one chick, just one big like person. Yes, and- I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm monogamous with my, with my, with my <laughs> evil. Yeah. I believe in unethical scammer monogamy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think honestly, I want, I would want to do the movie of like the people, the, the Black Lives Matter scammers who were like, we're going to buy like a mansion. And then they like had all this money and we're just like drinking mimosas by the pool. I feel like that could be a really fun one. Oh, I don't uh, even know. But this is, is this, this is a non Sean King thing. Oh yeah. Non Sean King. Okay. Okay. I feel like you could play a Sean King scammer. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go on to do that. <laughs> like if you're willing to get a fade, I think you could pull off Sean King. <laughs> I don't know that I want to do that. Oh man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Whoever takes that that role on, yeah, it's gonna be someone like Chet Hanks. Like some only someone yes. like that would yes. be like, yes. I'll do it. Perfect. Somebody who's like so is just like whatever consequences of the world don't no, Teflon. Nothing really sticks. Yeah. yeah, that's Chet's role for sure. Flatbush season three, uh, what do you want to see happen in the future? Are you thinking ahead? Are you, you know, is it the nerves of like, do we get another season? How are you feeling right now? Um, I feel, I always have a hard time kind of looking ahead to it. So it's almost like, you know, I, I view it as like, all right, if we get the thing done and people are liking it, that's that's my Emmy, you know, like we got it done and the job is to get it over the line and we did that. So I feel good about that. And as far as, you know, more seasons, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, there, I think the thing that's fun is there are a lot of other ways that it could go. And I think that's the benefit of like, similar to what I was saying before is like, you have all these characters that, you know, I would love to see more of, of, you know, it's like, okay, well, what's Drew's uh, romantic life look like? What's Kareem? Like, what, what is it from his past that makes him want to so badly be a dad to this fully grown man, you know, like Zaina, what is she going to do after uh, she finishes school? Like, where does that go? And so, you know, there's a lot of, for the supporting cast that I think is really the heart of the show in a lot of ways, as much of their full lives, which includes friends, romance, work that you can build out. I think that that's just interesting to play with because especially this season, I feel like, so much builds on these characters' voices and through the, their performances also. I think they all, you know, upped, upped their game so much. Yeah. I think it's been an amazing season. If you haven't watched it, go watch it because, like I said, it's the underground hit. It's the next show everyone's going to be like, you haven't watched it? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think Showtime's also really good about letting their shows run. So I think we're getting a season three. They've been crazy supportive also. And they've really, from the web series also, and let us cast, you know, like, all these comics who 
we we know and love. And then the new people on the show, I just want to say real quick, Zoe Winters, who is Logan's assistant on Succession, is amazing this season as Kevin's uh, art fellowship leader. And then Alyssa Limparis as my love interest this season. And Lenny Venito, who was Christopher's AA sponsor on The Sopranos, is my NA sponsor. So like all the new cast members like came in and just crushed it. Yeah, all of the stuff with the AA meetings is so well done. I I, I don't I feel oh, like sobriety you. and all of that stuff is so hard to capture in TV shows uh, and you know the twelve steps and everything. Sometimes it can just be so overwrought. But the way sure. you guys, it's so funny and just realistic. Like when Dan comes in and it like does his whole thing, and they're just like, okay, so we're gonna restart the moment of silence. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah. It's it's oh, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so if you haven't watched, like I said, go watch it. By the way, also on uh, Showtime, there's this doc called Love Fraud, which is a great scammer doc about a guy who basically Ooh. just like made women fall in love with him by sleeping on their couches. I think I think huh. you could pull that one off too. I think you could Definitely. play that guy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like, we're, getting, we're getting there. His yeah. thing would just be like, oh, could I just like sleep on your couch for two weeks? I'm in love with you. <laughs> Let's get married. And then it turned out he had married like 20 women and was just like, <laughs> whoa. Was he a, su- was a super handsome guy? Not really. Interesting. Okay. Like, yeah, a lot of the women were just like, no, he wasn't good looking, but he just made me feel great. He listened to me like, you know, he was wow. there to be a to be a like not too attractive kind of bummy guy. Just like, you know, <laughs> crashing on a couch. <laughs> That's impressive. It take, yeah. yeah, it takes some charm. So, you know, right. I, I think your character in Flatbush could pull that off. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm excited to watch that. Uh, so if you're interested in following Dan, follow him on Twitter, Instagram at Dan J. Perlman, uh, and please just watch Flatbush Misdemeanors on Showtime now. It is so good. It's just, I need everyone to talk about it. Uh, and thank you, Dan, so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Ashley. You, you, again, you've been incredibly supportive of the show and I, I really, really do appreciate it. Just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start it. I'm going to start the wave of just being like, you haven't watched Flatbush Misdemeanors. Like you're a waste of space. <laughs> yes, what? It's, that's, that's the attitude. Yeah. It's like, you are the loser. You're the only one. You are the only one who's not watching it. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Dan. It's been great. And up next, I have all the shows you have to watch this week. TV I say with Ashley Ray, another uh, I want to thank my guests today, Dan Perlman and Charlie Kelly. Oh, I love talking about TV so much. We got to talk about so much good TV today. Even Everybody Loves Raymond. What a, uh, what a good time. Thanks for listening. I, I do have some, you know, my, my what to watch homework for next week to get you ready for the upcoming episodes and also just fun things that are coming out that you should be excited for. Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin on HBO Max. Ooh, ooh. Sexy Little Pretty Little Liars uh, updated. I'm excited to see what they do. Apparently it is gayer. It is from a woman's gaze instead of the male gaze. And I bet there are no creepy student-teacher relationships, hopefully. Uh, We also have The Resort on Peacock. I've been loving this show. It's really, really funny. Once again, I am begging you to download Peacock to watch their amazing shows. Reservation Dogs. Catch up on it before its premiere. It's amazing. 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Absolutely love that show. You're going to want to catch up on it. Everything's Trash, Home Economics, Grace and Frankie, Black Monday. Those are all just like little hints for some upcoming guests we have. But those are the shows you're going to want to watch. That's your homework. Thank you so much for listening this week. TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode.
another episode of TV. Thanks again to my wonderful guests, Dan Perlman and Charlie Kelly. TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Marina Pais and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. You can follow me on social media at the Ashley Ray on Instagram and Twitter. Or if you have TV related requests, something you want us to talk about on the podcast, hit us up at TV I Say Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And also TV Club has merch at podswag.com. Look out for cute weed accessories. I'm talking dab pens, grinders, rolling trays. Uh, I got t-shirts so you can show everyone that you love TV Club. Uh, I got t-shirts that say justice for the big leap. Everything you need. Tell your friends about the show. Make sure to rate and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. For special TV Club members, join my Patreon. If you want to tell me what to watch, that's the way to do it. Join the Patreon and I will write about whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. I'll watch TV with you if you want. Uh, But you can find my full archive, ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TV I Say, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. For photos, show notes, transcripts, and more, go to earwolf.com. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. But how do you feel? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? Get to GNC. We'll help with solutions to address those side effects and keep you going on your journey. GNC. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.